I heard you on, on Channel 2 yesterday. As a matter of fact, we used the piece that was put together by, I think it was, was Justin Gray or someone at Channel 2 or maybe Ashley Lincoln. As, as, as David Perdue was kicking off his campaign for governor, the news that came down Sunday, uh, your reaction was pretty much mine. You, you stared into the camera and you said, I don't understand this. And that's been my take. Uh, ever since I started hearing about this, I don't get the rationale. I, I get that, that Donald Trump is sore and doesn't like what happened in 2020. I wouldn't like it either. I get that he blames Brian Kemp. I, I don't get David Perdue's role in this. Do you have any more thoughts? Than it, anything occurred to you since you spoke with Channel 2 about this? No new insights. I, you know, I, I respect David Perdue. He was a solid U.S. senator for Georgia for the one term he was in. He and his first cousin, Sonny Perdue, have created something of a political dynasty in Georgia. But that doesn't justify taking on an incumbent governor who's largely done what a governor is supposed to do relative to the economy, relative to the pandemic. And just look at the national scene. Joe Biden is below 50 percent. Yeah, we're 11 months away from the midterms, but the party in power in the White House typically does not do well in the midterm elections. Demographics and the maps reapportionment put things in a very favorable position for the GOP to retake the House and potentially the Senate. And so it should be an election year where the Georgia GOP should be reaping some benefits and perhaps regaining some ground. And instead, we have this interceding civil war. I like to call it a, a circular firing squad, yeah. all based on looking backwards at the 2020 November general election. And I have friends, and I'm sure you do, that believe there was fraud in that election. But I've looked at it very closely. I worked in the elections business in the Secretary of State's office for five years. And I'm not saying there wasn't a single uh, fraudulent absentee ballot cast, but not sufficient to change the outcome and not sufficient to close the margin of 11,700 votes by which Donald Trump lost the state. And even if you believe Georgia should have landed in the uh, Donald Trump column, it wouldn't change the outcome of the Electoral College. Joe Biden would still be president of the United States. Bill Crane with us. Uh, circle back here because we got the word. It came down Sunday afternoon. The multiple reports so-called that, that David Perdue would do this. It was actually Greg Bluestein. I don't know, six weeks ago at the AJC who first, uh, to my knowledge, was out mentioning the possibility of this, that, that this was an active and open possibility. I was talking to some people who are pretty close to the Kemp campaign yesterday telling me that this has been on their radar since sometime in the summer. So while this may be somewhat of a surprise to us, it sounds like at the very least, uh, the, the Kemp folks are prepared for this. They are, and the, the Trump folks never gave up in the Senate race. They had to have a candidate. They have one. Um, they are solidly, and, I, and I'm not holding this against Herschel Walker, but they're solidly in his camp. They have a candidate for Secretary of State and Jody Heiss. And, and I imagine what one of the other consequences of this is that there will now be a bunch of well-to-the-right-of-center Republican challengers to incumbent office holders in state house and senate seats um and this should not be the time when the gop should be dividing itself stacy abrams is going to be an incredibly strong nominee without a challenger for governor i don't care what anyone else thinks rafael warnock is going to be a strong nominee for re-election by the democrats for the u.s senate oh listen let me and quickly interject there I, I said this during the campaign last year I, I think rafael warnock is one of the best natural campaigners i have ever seen and ran some of the very best senate campaign ads i've ever watched the puppy ad was was incredible and 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 john ossoff by contrast was a weak candidate now yeah. david purdue i will note 
got 28,000 more votes than Donald Trump did in November of 2020. But he did not turn that into a victory in January. And I have heard him publicly say and in an interview say previously that that was the fault of President Trump and those who believed in the fraud and caused about 400,000 Republican voters to sit at home and not vote at all in the January 5th, uh, 2021 runoff. And now suddenly that's somehow instead of being President Trump's fault, it's Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp. It's just sort of a bizarro world of an alternate universe, if you will, of political logic that makes no sense and, and, and may well be the death knell of the GOP's days as the majority party in Georgia. Well, well it begs a question for me, Bill Crane, political analyst Bill Crane with us here. At some point, uh, David Perdue has to has to get people to want to vote for him. It's one thing to, to, to be Donald Trump's boy, and I, I've said this before, it's like watching the last 10 minutes of The Godfather here. Uh, it, it's one thing to, to have Trump's endorsement. It's one thing to hate Brian Kemp. But at the end of the day, there has to be a market for David Perdue as governor. I don't know that I see it. I I can see him causing sufficient votes to break away, to your point, from Brian Kemp in a primary. And with Vernon Jones in the race, the DeKalb County CEO mm-hmm. and former state representative, there, there may even be a primary runoff. But ultimately, I believe Brian Kemp will still be the nominee for governor by the GOP. But by then, embattled, bloodied, and several million dollars spent that would otherwise be put against the general election. And so you'll have also the backdrop of the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to rule on the Mississippi abortion statute, which they heard oral arguments on last week, um, which raised question about the status of both Roe versus Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, which are the two presidential presidential statu- uh, decisions by the court relative to abortion rights in the United States. So instead of the GOP focusing on issues where they're strong, like public safety and national defense and reducing the budget and spending and getting the economy back under control, they'll be debating social issues in the middle of the summer leading into a fall, beating each other up, dividing the party, wounding egos, and causing a lot of Republicans just to sit on their hands in the fall of 2022 when all hands need to be on deck. It's just a incredibly brutal strategy and, and almost as if uh, Stacey Abrams and, and Reverend Warnock paid for it because they are going to be the primary beneficiary. Well, I mentioned earlier in this, Bill Crane, that it, it, it in, in hindsight now, it doesn't look like an accident that the Abrams rollout and the Purdue rollout came so close together. We've been hearing that Stacey Abrams was going to put it off till after the first of the year, but she actually did it, and just days later, here comes David Purdue. Coincidence or no? I, I don't have as many sources around Ms. Abrams as I do around some other campaigns. My understanding, though, is that the timing was intentional to kind of force his decision and push him off the ledge um, that, that they want in fighting on the GOP side. And this sort of forced his hands to go ahead and get in. And, and I do believe the Kemp folks are right that he's been talking about it and thinking about it for some time. But I also know, knowing and, and having some respect for both of those men, that there was a private dinner between Governor Kemp, Senator Perdue, and their spouses 
at an earlier point about a year ago where Senator Perdue assured the governor that you know he had his support and he would never primary him. But here we are. Yeah, I heard um, exactly that same story last night, uh, that, that, that at yeah. some point, or at one point, Perdue looks Kemp right in the eye and says, yeah, I'm not going to do this. And and I suppose Perdue's answer, and we'll ask him about this, I suppose his answer is, yeah, circumstances change. That's my understanding as well as the fact that he believes I mean, I'd, I'd like to understand the logic on this. He believes he's a uniter, not a divider, and that he is the person to take on Stacey Abrams. I will point out there's one person in Georgia who has run against Stacey Abrams on a statewide basis and won, and that person's name is Governor Brian Kemp. Let me, I mean, like 20 seconds, if that. Uh, I would note that Glenn Youngkin managed to win in Virginia without Donald Trump. Is there any 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 silver lining for Brian Kemp in that? Yeah, I think that there are issues like parental rights and public education that are winners for the GOP that have not been traditionally strong for them. But again, if you're looking at your back and pulling knives out of it, it's a lot harder to be looking forward and expanding the big tent versus fighting the interesting battles that often allow the GOP to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. All right, Bill Crane, we will leave it there. Bill Crane, we'll watch for you some more on Channel 2 Action News. Thanks for your time this morning. Take care, brother.